Hello, this is Andy, and you're listening to Federal Andy. Hi, friends. This is Andy. It is Wednesday, April the 5th, and I have missed a couple of days. I'm sorry about that. I had lawn crews out doing spring cleanup, and they had so many... (laughs) You wouldn't even believe the noise. It was unbelievable. It really was. Between the leaf blowers and the edgers and the mowers and the big machine that sucked up the leaves and shredded them. It was unbelievable. Two days worth of that. Um, We have uh, about an acre and we are in town, so it's kind of unusual to have a a lot that large in town, but uh, we have an acre and It uh, takes a while to clean up the mess, but it has been cleaned up, and I did watch the drama on television, and I have a suggestion. Actually, this is for Andy Cohen at Bravo Network. If any of you have a current phone number for Andy, you might just give him a call and, and suggest this to him. The only number I have for him is an old one, so it doesn't work. He, he's moved since then. But I think he could start a new show on Bravo called The Real Drama Queen of Palm Beach. And it could all be about former president, now multiple felony defendant, Donald J. Trump. And I have another suggestion. (laughs) With all of the makeup and the hair color and the whatever it is that he does to his hair and the girdles and the heels and all of that, he could put a dress on or a muumuu or something and do drag queen reading at the library for children. Truly. What a great idea, huh? It would be a great gag. Rudy Giuliani could go with him because Rudy does drag. With the Republicans so upset about drag queens these days, I have to just kind of point out that uh, guys, gals, Trumpers, Ultra MAGA, your guy... The big guy at the top that you admire so much is about as close to being a drag queen as you can get without doing, um, well, (laughs) a drag show at a gay bar. Yeah. Makeup, hair, heels, girdle. Come on. Anyway, I am going to cover a little bit about the court proceedings from yesterday, and I have a couple of other things for you. So if you are in the mood and can tolerate a little bit more about you-know-who, stay tuned.
episode 141, hair, makeup, heels, Donald just needs a sparkly outfit. So when we last spoke, I believe Donald had left Palm Beach in his Trump jet to go to New York City and the plans were that he was going to spend the night in his apartment in Trump Tower. And I guess he stayed inside. I didn't really hear any reports of him being seen out and about, but of course he's got, uh, he has, I keep saying got, he has a restaurant in Trump Tower, or maybe there's more than one. I know that there's one kind of fancy one, and then there's, seems like it's a more casual one, but I haven't been to Trump Tower in a long time, and don't plan on going because I have no desire to support that family. But he started off for the court on Tuesday morning, and of course, the motorcade, the parade. I really have to wonder why the American taxpayers should have to foot the bill for all of that. Seriously, uh, I, I understand the need to protect a president and his or her family for a period of time after they leave office. But at some point, do we really need like nine vehicles to do it? When you get a couple of years out of the presidency, anything that, well, you know, anything that you would have known as president that would be valuable to someone, would that not kind of be outdated at that point? Because things change pretty rapidly in the world. But how many agents does it take? Could we not have, oh, I don't know, two vehicles, one in front and one behind, plus the president's vehicle or something like that? I just, uh, I don't get it. I really don't. It seems like uh, an awful lot. And I know that the ex-presidents sometimes get PDB's presidential daily briefings, and they might use that as a reason to continue to provide security, but why is it necessary for them to receive this information once they leave office? It's not like they would just step back into office in case of an emergency. I understand that the vice president has to be ready to go at all times and that the Speaker of the House pretty much has to be kind of kept up to speed on things. But ex-presidents, why do they need PDBs and stuff? I think that they just need to, once you leave office, you've done your job. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Uh, you know, <laughs> the taxpayers are are paying for all of these things forever. 
And who gets that? When you, when you retire, when you, when you leave your job, you don't get all of those things. Anyway, they want, uh, if they want a place where they can cut stuff, that's where I would recommend it because, you know, Trump's been out of office for over two years now. Um, I don't think he's been getting PDBs because Biden didn't think he was, uh, I don't think he <laughs> felt like Trump really deserved the security clearance that he had when he was a president to continue to get those. So I don't think he's been getting them. Obama, I don't, why would he care? He's gone on to other things. And yeah, I, I think that the Obamas still deserve uh, Secret Service. But, um, you know, I mean, at this point, uh, Obama's been out of office for se over six years. Come on. That's, yeah, just a couple of people around all the time to protect them, I think, should be fine. Same goes for the Bushes. Anyway, um, so we had the big spectacle again with all of the networks, of course, showing the motorcade like it was somebody um, important. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. It's uh, kind of amazing to me. I, I, I fear that the networks are going to do the same thing now that they did in 2016 and provide Trump with a lot of extra advertising in the form of media coverage. So, you know, the, the, the vision of the empty podium where they're standing, the, the camera's locked down on the podium, and then you hear the yackers talking, well, you know, he's so-and-so, and he should be arriving at any moment, and we're waiting to hear so-and-so. It's like, really? Meanwhile, <laughs> there are things going on elsewhere that are newsworthy. But uh, yeah, the plane landing, the plane, plane taking off, Trump loves that kind of stuff. He, he, he loves that. And of course, that should blow his image completely of being a man of the people, because he's not. He's not America. He doesn't live the way you do. He doesn't live the way that I live. He's not one of us. He is one of the <laughs> elite. And he doesn't mind you knowing it, but he wants you to think that he's one of you and he cares about you, which he doesn't. Anyway, the big protest that everybody was expecting was kind of a dud. There was a, you know, decent sized crowd of pro-Trump people. And then there was a pretty decent crowd of anti-Trump people. I noticed that Marjorie Trader Green, the representative from Georgia, showed up in New York. I don't know what she thought she was going to accomplish, but when she started making her little speech, she basically got shouted down by the crowd and they told her, go home, we don't want you here, you're a loser. And I think within 10 minutes she had to be rather hastily escorted 
back to her big white, I think it was a Range Rover SUV to be chauffeured to safety. So big bust on that. Hopefully the uh, transportation and uh, the lodging and all of that were not uh, picked up by taxpayers because, you know, I have an objection to having my tax money go toward supporting representatives of the Republican Party who are promoting hatred and insurrection and racism and anti-Semitism and intolerance and all of that. So, you know, hey, if they can have a religious objection to birth control, I can have a religious objection to having hatred promoted because that is in the Bible also. Anyway, well, I don't think, is birth control in the Bible? Oh, no, it's not, is it, actually, because the Bible's full of stuff about aborting babies, isn't it? Huh. Yeah, the Bible has a lot of violence and stuff in it. Maybe they really should make sure that there's no Bibles in schools and that children don't have access to Bibles because there is an awful lot of violence in there. Yeah, truly. So anyway, we uh, get to see the uh, motorcade and Trump arrives at the courthouse. There was just a very brief uh, section segment of him getting out of the black SUV and walking into the courthouse, I think, or was that Trump Tower? I can't remember. You know, when the networks keep looping the same stuff over and over and over, you're never really sure that it's, it's not really live. Usually it's from, anyway. I do recall that uh, there was uh, a looked to be a New York City policewoman uh, who was caught on camera at the courthouse, apparently outside of the courtroom, flashing the white power symbol. Did you see that? Somebody caught that on uh, videotape. Hopefully she will be fired because it was very obvious what she was doing. The... Uh, Proceedings were supposed to start at 2.15 New York time, and I think it was uh, a little later than that. And apparently it was because Trump and his attorneys asked to meet in private in a little room off of the courtroom to look over the indictment ahead of time. And when Trump finally entered the little area that was cordoned off, from, I guess it was like an elevator lobby or something, and then I guess that was where the access to the little room off the courtroom was. Um, there was only just a few seconds of him walking through the doors. There was a guard that came out in front of Trump and failed to hold the door open for Donald, and Donald almost got hit by the door. Donald had to actually touch the door, which I understand he is a big-time germaphobe, so I'm sure that that really skeeved him out. But he did not look happy. He did not have a big smile on his face. He didn't wave to the reporters. The reporter screamed out, 
uh, President Trump, uh, are you going to talk to us or something like that? And he completely ignored that, went into the courtroom, and they did allow a um, they did allow some cameras, uh, still cameras, not moving, not not motion picture cameras, but just cameras that would take still photos into the courtroom. And there were a few shots of Donald and he did not look happy. He looked uh, rather worried, rather, rather fearful, kind of slumped over at the table where he was sitting. He had his hands in his lap instead of up on the table like the strong, powerful man that he is. Yeah. And I don't know who did his makeup yesterday, but the Tawny Coral makeup didn't quite go into the hairline as much as it should have. And it really looked bad. He looked bad. His hair looked bad. And of course, the uniform, the blue suit, dark blue suit, white shirt, red tie, yawn, boring, boring, boring. Anyway, the proceedings apparently were expected to last about 15 minutes, which is apparently the average for that kind of a thing. And it was about 55 minutes. So, um, that was pretty much it. They uh, left the courtroom. The judge did have discussions with Trump and his attorneys. There were several things discussed. One was a change of venue. Trump wanted, uh, or Trump's attorneys wanted to have a change of venue to Staten Island, which is more 50-50. Uh, as far as conservatives versus progressives. But it's my understanding that the, 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 the constitutional law is that you are to be tried by a jury of your peers and that the proceedings are to be held in uh, the district where the crimes occurred, which this would be Manhattan district. So I, I don't know if anything will come of that or not. The judge did specifically admonish Trump about making public comments either on social media or to the press or whatever about, uh, uh, you know, inciting violence or, uh, you know, attacks of a personal nature. And apparently there was no mugshot because everybody apparently knows who he is. But as the proceedings were happening in court on Donald Trump's website, they began selling a t-shirt with his mugshot. Which, of course, there wasn't a mugshot. So, again, Trump is defrauding his supporters by saying it's a mugshot. And he was holding up a little thing and it said, President Donald J. Trump. And then below that it said 45 and 47 because he thinks he's going to be president again. 
And then it listed the date or something. And everything about them is a grift. Everything about him is a grift. And even before Trump was able to get back to Mar-a-Lago, which after court, he went straight to the, um, went straight to the airport and headed back to Palm Beach or West Palm Beach. And <laughs> they, of course, had to show the motorcade. And even though he had just been, Trump had just been admonished by the judge to be careful about what he says, his idiot son, Donnie Jr., is sharing stuff on social media that uh, was an article that had a picture of the judge's daughter. And anybody that has been paying any attention at all the last few years knows that the Trumps don't have to come right out and say something. They don't have to come right out and say, um, show up at the U.S. Capitol on January 6th and make sure to bring your weapons and bring flags and bring a gallows and bring bear spray and break into the Capitol and smear feces on the wall and urinate all over the place and take pictures as you rummage through the speaker's desk and, and, and other people's desks. They don't have to say that. They're far more clever than that. They just have to kind of mention something and that is how Trump has been able to get away with some things. He instigates things but he does it in a way where he's not outright saying, I want you to do this. He does it in a way where just a suggestion is made or just the, there's just an opening where a suggestion could be made, but it's not made. But people can infer things from that. And Trump knows who he's dealing with, so it's not an honest mistake. Not when it happens as often as it does with him. So even after the judge telling Trump, and I would assume that would include his kids because they're definitely part of his campaign and part of his life, and some of them were in his administration, that they all need to just kind of shut up. Didn't happen. So anyway, Trump has announced that he's gonna have this big press conference at Mar-a-Lago that evening, Tuesday evening, and he did. And in the press conference there on TV, I think uh, CNN carried it, and I think Fox News carried it, even after having just been told hours beforehand by the judge to not make comments about the, um, well, the district attorney or his family or any of that. Trump went after him 
went after the district attorney, went after Fonnie Willis, who's the, uh, the uh, prosecutor down in Georgia, looking into yet another crime spree of Trump's that we're waiting to see if there's going to be any charges. So I hope the judge, <laughs> I hope the judge deals with this because this could get out of hand very quickly. I listened to Keith Olbermann's podcast earlier this morning while I was having coffee. It's called Countdown, just like his show on uh, MSNBC of years ago. And in his podcast, he suggested to the judge that the judge needed to get in touch with Trump's attorneys and order them to tell Trump to get on his plane and to get his butt back up to New York today and appear before him in his courtroom. But, of course, that probably won't happen, but I definitely think that the judge needs to put a gag order on Trump and on his family as well, if that can be done. I don't know why he couldn't. And Trump wanted to not have to appear at the next um, court hearing, which is scheduled for, are you ready for this? December. Yeah, not in any big hurry to get anything done, are we? Because you know what's going to happen is they're going to try to drag this out as much as possible. And then they're going to say, well, we've got a presidential election coming up. And we can't do this. It's too close. We know how Trump operates. Anyway, uh, the judge said, no, you have to be here for it. And... Theoretically, the judge could order Trump to stay in New York. He could say, you need to stay in the state. Or he needs to ask for permission to leave the state. So, I don't know if they seized his passports or not. I haven't really heard anybody mention that. I assume that he's not considered to be a flight risk, but... <laughs> He has his own airplane, so he could certainly get on the airplane and get up in the air and then all of a sudden uh, tell the pilot, head for <laughs> Moscow or, <laughs> I don't know, where else would he go? Hungary, maybe? Who knows? So anyway, that's the, that's the latest on that. There have been... Uh, uh, some other announcements. The Another appeals court has uh, said that uh, the top people that were very close to Trump, Stephen Miller, Mark Meadows, uh, have to appear uh, for um, to be uh, deposed to, for testimony under oath. So it's getting real close to Trump. And... Uh, these people are not honest, then they can be prosecuted themselves. And you really have to wonder if they're gonna fall on the sword, as they say, for Trump, because Trump sure hasn't done much for them. 
Trump will have to return to New York. I believe it is not this coming week, but the week after that, because there is uh, there's another case that he has to appear. Um, you know, the Letitia James case, where uh, for Trump Organization, the two hundred and fifty million million dollar case, where Trump Organization was convicted of all fifteen counts of fraud. And so, yeah, and the 34 counts on the indictment from yesterday all had to do with like business, business record keeping fraud. And it was first degree, which first degree is a felony. Second degree uh, business records fraud or whatever they're calling it is, uh, is a misdemeanor. And apparently, to have it become a felony, to qualify for a felony, you have to tie it into basically another crime, which apparently they've done. And then uh, I believe later on in the month of April, I think uh, the last week of April, E. Jean Carroll's lawsuit uh, against Donald Trump goes to court. So he's going to be spending a lot of time flying back and forth between West Palm Beach, where the airport is, and New York. And New Yorkers don't seem to really care for Donald Trump very much. They certainly do not care for Marjorie Taylor Greene. So anyway, that's about it. I don't really have a lot more to say about it other than it's amazing to me how many people are saying that he's not guilty. They haven't seen the evidence yet. And a lot of these people should know better. Now I realize that we have to consider Donald Trump is innocent until he's been proven guilty. But the fact of the matter is, he has been charged with 34 felonies. And this is not something that just happened overnight. The folks up in New York State have been working on this a long time. And there's a lot of big companies that are headquartered in New York State. Because New York is pretty much the business capital of the United States, or maybe even the world, really. And, of course, this is not something that is unusual for the district attorney in Manhattan to have to prosecute. These types of crimes come along fairly regularly because there are so many businesses located up there. So they've been down this road a few times, and I think they are pretty well-positioned and qualified to make a determination about whether somebody is truly guilty or not. And let's not forget, there are other investigations that are ongoing. There's one in Georgia, and there's a big one with the Department of Justice. And Jack Smith, the special counsel, has gone to court several times to 
force people to come in and testify. And he's winning those cases in court. So I think Donald Trump has a lot of reason to be very concerned right now. And if I were his attorneys, I would tell him to shut the heck up and keep your mouth shut and tell your kids to stay the heck off of social media and stop doing all of this stuff because these people are going to be overseeing your future. You don't need to piss them off any more than you already have. And attacking the judge or his family or having your kids do it, attacking the district attorney, it's just, Donald Trump is just not a smart man. Not a smart man. And truly, in my opinion, rather than being a businessman, which he's not been successful, as we all know, he has had, I think, more business failures than he's had anything else. And <laughs> I don't know, he, he just, he's grifting right now. So, I don't know, that's not really a, uh, is that an honest way of earning a living, really? Anyway, I wouldn't call a grifter a successful businessman. But I think, actually, Donald Trump truly, truly is better qualified to be a drag queen reading to children books in a library. Really. Because he's almost there. If, if they would just, if they put on some different color makeup little nail polish, you know, put a bow in his hair or something, and moo-moo, little floral outfit or something silky, sparkly, costume jewelry. You know, uh, Marsha Blackburn could come up with sparkly stuff, yeah, interior, she's the interior decor person. She could probably get tinsel or something and make a belt out of it. And then Trump could go do Drag Queen Story Hour for children. Oh, sorry, that would require that he reads, wouldn't it? And we know that he doesn't read. Uh, he isn't even qualified to do Drag Queen Children's Hour. Well, my bad. That's it for today. Hope you all have a good afternoon, evening, Unless you have other plans. Thank you for your time. The next scheduled episode of Federal Andy should be tomorrow. I know that you're all very excited and can hardly wait to hear it. <laughs> Take care. Thanks again. I was just preparing this episode to be published and I looked up and noticed that we're beginning to get more and more input now from Trump supporters about how the case in Manhattan is a weak one and blah, 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 blah. And it's just amazing how far people will go to cover up for Trump, who 
probably would not lift a finger to help them unless he was going to get something back from them in return. But uh, I noticed that there was some discussion online about Trump being president and how that would just be impossible. And actually, I, I thought I would clear that up that yes, at this point, yes, Trump can still become president, believe it or not. Because the Constitution has three mandates, three requirements of presidential candidates, and that is that they have to be a natural-born citizen, they have to be at least 35 years old, and they have to be a resident of the United States for at least 14 years. And that's it. Natural-born citizen, at least 35 years old, and that you have to have been a resident of the U.S. for at least 14 years. Trump seems to meet all of those requirements. It is kind of amazing when you consider the fact that a person who is a convicted felon in most places can't vote, but they could be president. Seems to have, seems to be a little bit of an oversight problem there or a little bit of uh, perhaps uh, Founding Fathers just didn't anticipate someone being as big of a crook as Donald Trump is. But the, the, the follow the, the thing about it, of course, is that if, if he became president, that then they would expect Congress to in turn react and impeach him and remove him through that process. Um and I would certainly think being convicted of a felony would be a high crime or misdemeanor, high crimes and misdemeanors, which is the requirement for impeachment and removal. And uh, so, I don't know. And then, of course, you know, there's there's still that little thing about uh, in the 14th Amendment, the 14th Amendment that has the disqualification clause, which was written back in response to the Confederate soldiers, and that basically says anybody that... Um, um, engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the uh, United States or someone who has given aid or comfort to the enemies thereof um, cannot hold any office, civil or military. And I think that that is something that needs to be enforced because there are a lot of members of Congress right now sitting in seats who definitely have provided uh, aid or comfort to the folks who attacked our country on January 6, 2021. And according to the 14th Amendment, they need to be removed because they cannot serve. Why that hasn't been done, I don't know. But it needs to be done because that would get rid of a lot of people in Congress who are problems right now and who are also working in concert with Trump to stir people up. And with that, definitely I'm letting you go this time. I'm not looking at anything else. I'm just going to push the buttons that I need to push to go ahead and, and publish this in the next few minutes. Take care. Thank you again. Thank you for listening. 
I would be grateful to you if you'd subscribe and share this podcast to let your friends and family know about it. You can also find me on Twitter at Federal Andy, and I'd be really grateful if you would follow me. I usually follow back. Be happy, safe, and healthy, and I'll hopefully be talking to you again next week. Thank you.